to Sounding Board. I'm here with my brother Nick and I don't know how to start the podcast for a change. <laughs> well, I was going to I was going to start with um uh you know, Aaron Vistani has released his uh his his manifesto. It's like the new so this is just marks. a book. It, it is a book. It's the um it's Is it as long as the Communist Party manifesto because that's quite short. It's quite, longer. It's quite it's, an easy it's, read. It's longer than the Communist manifesto. It's not Das Capital. Um, yeah. It's, I haven't heard of Aaron Bastani for months, I must admit. I mean, you know, I'm not on Twitter or anything, so I don't know how annoying he's been there. He, but I don't, I don't follow him on Twitter. And I don't really watch much on the TV anymore either, so he I don't know of, he's popping up in panel, you know. Not, not as much as he used to, but his, his book, Fully Automated Luxury Communism, a manifesto, has been it, released I mean, this I mean, week. Is that actually what it's called? That's really, oh, yes. Fully Automated Luxury Communism. And he's, he makes the point in it that... We're all going to be run by robots? If it isn't luxury, it's not communism. Right, so he's redefining communism. Yeah, he's, he's kind of putting... So what a lot of people do is they... Uh, when they're talking about socialism and communism, this is something that Christian Nemitz picks up on all the time, yeah. is that they define it by their outcomes and not actually the, you know, what they're doing. So it's, it's, it's like the Gary Lineker definition of football in that you know, people kick a ball out for 90 minutes and then the Germans win. So if the Germans don't win, it's not a proper game of football. And right. it's, like, it's like with communism and socialism. If it's not, you know, the workers organising the means of production or whatever, um, then it's it's well, it's not real socialism. Then you can say real socialism has, has never been tried. Yeah. Um, and it, he's gone one step further, saying we all need to be living in absolute luxury, or it's not communism. Um, okay. So that that's okay. his point. But is right, that is that before or after all the death? Well, I, I, I think it's probably. I think it's. I, think, I don't think he's anticipating any death in his revolution. They never view. do, though, do they? No, I don't think death is going to be on the journey to their magical utopia. But in, in his in his in his book and his he's written a couple of articles as well. And I, I haven't read the book. I'm, I'm, I'm following a couple. Well, of people why would you? Who who are reading it? But he's written articles and they've been excerpts from the book. Right. And it just, he writes. He writes like a, a clever nine-year-old. You know, someone who tries to put in long words, words because he thinks that they're important, and but doesn't doesn't really know how to structure a sentence, let alone a paragraph. Um, it's really? not it's not an easy read because it's just annoying. But that's that pseudo-intellectual style. Of it is not an easy read, almost deliberately, so that when you read it, you're meant to think. This guy must be more intelligent than me because I can't quite understand what he's saying. But he's not even—he's not even good at doing that. He writes; it's like a child's writing, right? And you can allow it with a nine-year-old. He's like, "You're making a real effort here. This is this is good, you know." And you can you can perhaps work a little bit harder, and by the time you're fifteen, you can write a good story. This is just—it's—it's it's annoying because he's probably what thirty years old or whatever, and, and just can't can't write properly. Can't string a sentence together. No, 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 but just the way the paragraphs are structured. Uh, it's just it's just bad writing, bad writing, yeah, an annoying read. Um, but he he makes the claim as well, which lots of people do when talking about you know their particular brand of, of communism, is that now and this has always been this has been the case for two hundred years, in that now now is the right time to move over to communism, now because we've got the technology and we've got you know we've got robots and we've got computers and we've got you know cell phones that are you know the same power as going to the moon and all this kind of stuff. It's like now we're, we're at the point where we can we can switch over from outdated capitalism into fully automated luxury comedy. This Am I right in saying this was a this is a kind of a Marx thing? Well, yeah. So he, he thought that capitalism was kind of a stepping stone 
to a degree, where it was a phase we had to go through. Well, yeah. So he, he Marx, and, and I think I think Bastani is just trying to write the new communist manifesto. The, the way that some people try to write the new road to serfdom, which I think Hannan wrote and whatever. Yes. Yeah. You know, he's, he's trying to write the new manifesto. And yeah, you, you, you're true. You, uh, Marx originally said um, that he, he the way he kind of described uh, the process was that you know you'd, you'd had feudalism. And then that was replaced by capitalism, and he actually praised capitalism for you know it, it making people richer and, and being good to produce goods and services and, and to get to a certain point. And then at this point, we would transition into slowly into communism. Um, you know that would be yeah. that would be the, the next logical step. Uh, you know you'd have to get to a point, and then when you reach this point, you would you know you would transcend into communism because that was the best way of doing things, the best way to organise society. Let's let's just gloss over the fact that you shouldn't organise a society at all but that, that, was, his, yeah. that was his view um, and that's one of, one of the things that most annoys me about Marx um, I mean there, there's a lot of course, <laughs> but it's, it's the fact that he talks about the, you know, that you have to get to this, this, this point uh, where communism takes over from capitalism and people have thought that we've been at this point since, you know, since socialism and communism began you know, for a couple of hundred years people said oh, we, 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 couldn't, we couldn't have done it 20 years ago but now now we can do it. Whereas capitalism, it, it could take two cavemen could trade with each other and, yes. and have mutually beneficial exchanges. It doesn't mm. take any certain amount of technology or, or any amount of numbers or anything. It's like, you know, you want something I've got? Okay, I'll do your swap. There you go. That's it. So this is the point you've scales. made before. Yeah, the, well, that's the word I was going to use. This is the point you've made before that, um, yeah, socialism, communism, whatever flavour you want to call it at the moment, um, you can make it work voluntarily if with a small number of people but as soon as you reach even three digits it it becomes just completely unviable and in fact you were saying to me just before we were recording about um, managing teams of people yeah, in yeah. An organization yeah so I, so I manage software teams and you know I can I can I can manage and coordinate a team of three people very very well very very nicely um, and they'll be very they'll be super efficient they'll um, work together really well yeah they'll work together really well um, and Often the most efficient teams are the smallest. Now they're not they're not producing the most output, um, but, uh, but but they're they're very very efficient. You know, yeah. Lot, lots of lots of productivity, very little waste. Everybody knows what each other is doing, uh, and you can yeah with a small number of people you can you can get that really really easily. Uh, most companies, although they talk about efficiency, actually want speed. They want stuff to go to market so they can make money from it. So they will take a bit of a hit, and they'll probably have bigger teams. So they'll have teams maybe up to say 10 or 12 people. And you can still kind of know what each other's doing at that point. You don't have an intimate knowledge like you do in a very small team. And one person can plan what people do in that. That's not yeah, exactly. uh, outside the realms of possibility. No, no, no. One person no. saying, the 10 of you are going to do this, 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 and this. And that, that's about as big as you'd probably want to get, 10 or 12 people. As soon as you start getting bigger, you'd want to kind of split it into, in, into more teams. You know, imagine me trying to do the same job for 100 people. Um, it's it's impossible. I mean, well, you would need hierarchy. Exactly. To do so that. I've had multiple teams underneath me in the past, but I've had I've had people managing the team. So exactly. I've, I've managed four or five. Teams well, you would before. manage ten managers. Exactly. And then each of those would have ten people. I, I, I managed four or five scrum masters. They each have their own teams. But you're, you're in your hundred. I'm taking. Yes, exactly. Take yeah. hundred people, then you break them into tens. You manage ten people. They each manage ten people. Ish. That that's how it. That's the only way it would work. And that's the only way that, that socialism or communism, and that's that's what people find out, like in in, you know, in, in Russia and in you know, North Korea and wherever, 
even, I mean, less so in North Korea, because I think they, they kind of always wanted this kind of totalitarian aspect to it. But in places like Russia, if you read, you know, Trotsky and Lenin and people, they, they all talk about this kind of democratic control of society and, and the means of production. But they just realise you can't do that. You need to have people into, in control. You need to have these administrators because 100 people can't organise themselves together. Yes. Um, not, not, to, not, you know, not, not, to, not to do the, the, the one thing you, that you want them to do. Uh, they could, if you leave them to be completely free, then they'll organise themselves, but they, they, won't be doing what, they won't be doing what you want. Well, but the point is with a, with a company, and again, you scale this up to multiple companies uh, in the private sector, is that they are, because, because they are competing, each individual person is competing with their skills, and each company is competing with their products. The person in charge is the consumer, uh, and the aggregate decisions of all of those consumers. And so there is a reason for that company to be efficient and to have the right structures. And, and if a structure isn't working, to change it. And it's that, it's that driver for a potential change to either stop you going under, to, to lower your cost, to make a better feature or whatever that drives the organisation to do that. If it turns out that 100 members in this team managed in this particular way doesn't give you the right outcome in terms of customers buying your product, then you make a change and you do something different. If it, if it turns out that someone's producing a product that's 10 times better than yours, your company might sort of survive and you might need to change or you might need to diversify. But the point is it's all driven by market forces, isn't it? And it's all markets, whether it's markets of labour or markets between the companies or markets that are, you know, consumers buying stuff. But you just don't have that. Well, yes, yeah, so you, yeah, you need you need you need hierarchies, and they're always they're always going to be hierarchies. So yes. let's, let's, let's say there's a company, and you've got one person who's been perhaps he's, perhaps he's a founder of the company, and he's been there for twenty years. Perhaps he cre- the, the whatever it is that this company is making. Perhaps he designed it. Perhaps he continues designing it over time because he gets better and better and better. Um, obviously, say he, he's the company founder, in a in a normal capitalist company. He'd, he'd get a say on, okay, we're doing this now because I've done this for 20 years. It's my company. I own all the shares. If you want to work for me, you're going to do this. And yeah. Success or failure is my responsibility, uh, yeah, we'll both, but it we'll, is mine. We'll, yeah, I'll, I'll pay you, yeah. but I'm taking all the risks here. I've built this company up for 20 years. I've built all the, all the, you know, all the, 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 the capital goods and the procedures and everything. You know, I've done all the hard work, and I'm taking all the risk. Therefore, I'm going to make a bit more money than you. And if you don't like it, well, you don't have to work for me. You can work for somebody else, or you can create your own company. Whereas in like a socialist or a communist company, this guy would have the same say as some sixteen-year-old who's just come out of school and, and knows nothing and is completely unskilled. How how you know how can that possibly work? I mean, we we joke about things falling apart under minimal scrutiny, but that uh, please explain to me how that can ever work. Well, we've done a podcast. I, I couldn't even I couldn't even steal man that. Um, no, and I t- I try to think about this, and I try to think about the applying democracy to everything. But the only the only logical place I end up is the the one person one vote on every single product service or anything that I interact with. It's not we all get together and vote who should be at the top of the hierarchy in the company, and then we all get together and vote who should be the one in charge of a particular department or the one in charge of a particular team. That it can't possibly I mean, for a start. You'd spend your entire life just voting. Um, and, and, and running for things as well if you wanted to be um, in charge of something um, it, it just can't work it can't work like that 
let's just bring it back to Aaron Pistani again for a moment. One one of the things that amazes me, and it's not it's not just him, but his his naivety. He's the one who's popped up in the last week, basically. Has, yeah, his, his naivety in thinking that he's he's the only person who's who's thought like this. That people in the past, when they were advocating socialism and communism, didn't think the same way. Didn't have the same end goals in mind. Um, you know, you only have to you know you, you can read Russian you know, literature from Lenin and, and whatever, and, and he, they had the same goal in mind. You know, they, they were they were Marxists. Um, you know, they, they wanted they wanted this 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 you know luxury communism in the day. They wanted you know the idea was that. Uh, well, it's all relative, isn't it? Yeah, well, the idea was that capitalism would bring it to a certain point uh, and communism would take over and production would just be increased and everybody would have a greater standard of living once you had this better way of organising stuff. That was the, that was the, the, you know, the dream, the utopia. Uh, but, you know, and if only you did it my way, I could, I could get us there. Uh, and, of course, time and again and again and again, it just... It ends in death. But you know, either, either, this either time killing, it's going to be different. Either killing people, or just it goes completely wrong and everyone starves. So there, there, there were unintentional deaths, not just the intentional deaths. Uh, you know, there, there have been kind of famines in Russia, in in, in North Korea. Pretty, it was only twenty twenty five years ago they had yeah. famines that could have been, you know, alleviated. Um, so this, this, this always happens, and it's the idea that. Like you said, that this time it's going to be it's going to be different. That that wasn't real communism. Listen to me, I will make it all fine. Nobody nobody's thought about this before. I'm you know this is this is a new way of doing it. But it's all the same. It's all the same. What do you think about the the fact that there's there are different angles that all of these lefty people are taking at the moment? So there's there's this the time is right. Um, message, uh, and uh, yeah, that people are people are ready for it. That they've tried cap people. The ills of capitalism people don't like. The I mean, they like, they, they use that for things against automation as well. So the, so similar people will oh, say, oh yeah, to stop we, losing your jobs. We need to stop that because people oh, are, people are going to lose their jobs. Yeah, they're people, completely hypocritical. People have been saying that since the Luddites. Yeah, so you've got then you've got the um, the I've I've found the exact right way. Which is what you're describing there, but then you've got the the greenies. Then you've got, I mean, obviously taking over most of the major political parties now as well in terms of declaring a, a so-called climate emergency. But the well, we'll 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 end up with communism by the back door. Is to me the 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 greenies. The, it's the it's the Delling pole watermelons. Yeah, exactly. Um, are they all just trying to find just it? Are they doing it consciously? Is, you know, think, these think, ones doing it by the back door. I think Greens are. So yeah. Once, once you listen to George Monbiot talk for any more than five minutes, he'll 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 get we'll in. Get past the third paragraph. Yeah, yeah. So he he will he will get in that we need to end capitalism. Yeah. And you know it's it's you don't have to you don't have to go too far with him to for him to declare actually what he, what he really wants is is he, he wants communism or, or, or socialism or, or, or whatever. They're, they're all totalitarians. Yeah. Yeah. The same. The same with and then the, the green parties, and it's not just over here, but all over the world, they're talking now about okay, we shouldn't concentrate on on measures like GDP, um, which is you know, I would agree with. Oh, GDP is a terrible measure. G- GDP is awful, but what they want is they want the economy to stop. Yeah. They they want to stop recording it so that everyone the wall is pulled over everyone's eyes while they're 
spending all of our money doing things that aren't productive. I mean, if we if we had if we went to more along the lines of Sir John Cooperthwaite, where we don't bother with statistics because people will try to fudge them. They'll, yeah. they'll either fudge them or they'll game them or they'll, yeah. they'll use them for nefarious means. So we won't gather them, but we will leave people alone. That's fine. It's when people say we're not going to stop recording the stats gonna, because I want to spend loads of money. Exactly, <laughs> your money. Because I want to take your money and do what I want with it. That's what. That's what I don't like. Yeah, because I'll be able to do it without without you noticing. Yeah, absolutely. So what other what other ways are they are they getting? So you've got you've got the Greens, you've got the the the, the, the time is right communists. Yeah, you. I mean, you you you've got I mean, people like Aaron Bastani obviously are, are of that type that have you know this is what we've been talking about all along and only now that it's they're coming out of the woodwork because it's in vogue um i suppose but they will have said oh yeah no i've always believed in communism um my i suppose my biggest concern is this uh, is the mythical center ground people in this in these scenarios it's the it's the mixed economy people who believe that the state has a key role to play in providing for people the public uh, public goods and for somehow underpinning the private sector, as if the private sector can only possibly exist and thrive with this public underpinning. Um, we know that's just a, um, uh, a sliding scale. It, 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 once you're on that path, it just it, the state just ratchets up. Um, but, but most of the most of the people who who are in so let's, I, I would say probably ninety five percent of people are in favour of it economy maybe not yes the vast vast majority of people to and some you, degree and you, yeah to, to some degree and you've got some people you've got more people on the I would say on the, on the authoritarian side you know the kind of communist side and you've got about five libertarians yeah um, on, on the other on the other extremes who are like for you know they just absolutely leave people alone most people are okay well we where are the other three <laughs> we want you know we want people we want the uh, you know, the state to provide roads and Courts and armies, and oh, we need some regulation. Even uh, even that's a very small number of people, though, isn't it? it the, is, it the, is. the tiny, tiny state. Um, mo- most people would. I know most of them. I think. Yeah. Well, and but again, that's not to say that there aren't that that there aren't a large swathe of the population that gets that communism is bad. Uh, and, and but again, these are people who don't like the extremes. We've talked about this before about people wanting to be part of this centre ground. Because they're seen to not be extremists. Well, so, yeah. So there, there's the, there are there are a couple of reasons. One of them is that they don't want to be seen as extremists, so they want to be as far away. They, they view uh, communism on one side, and quite rightly associate that with you know a hundred million deaths, or yeah. however many. And on the other side, they view fascism uh, with its you know twenty million or however many million deaths on, on that side. And I think, well, hang on, I want to be as far away as possible. Yeah. from those two so they want to be in the centre there's another added bonus of being in the centre and that is that you can sound sophisticated and clever and nuanced because well, you know, of course Grey we, we, don't, we don't want to be yeah, black and white in, in yeah. either one of these extremes and it enables you to say well okay this is, this is just the right point and, I'll, and I'll, I will explain why and you can sound sophisticated in your arguments you can't just be extremely for freedom for example because you can't then, you, know, you don't then, then have to spend time Justifying and explaining it, um, you know your your little your particular magic formula. I know that's a, a term that you like using. Yeah. Um, you know you don't get the time to explain your magic formula if you're just saying no, we should all be free, and that's that. Um, they don't like simplistic or absolute arguments that the centrists are talking. They like 
appearing clever. Um, yes. Yeah. You know, most people I would argue. Well, so in that vein, then let's let's bring this back to some of the other elements of communism, socialism, Marxism. Um, it, it's easy, but I mean, I, I'm I'm guilty of it. I just go all the death. You know, just just talk about the fact that it kills people and that that's not good. Uh, and I like to use that extreme argument of it's always resulted in death. It will never result in what you want, and so let's not do it. How, how many times do we have to try it? Uh, yeah, yeah. How, how many, many times more people, deaths? Yeah. How many before we realise it's a bad idea? Exactly. Just a few more million. Um, but the the other elements um, of of the way that that society and economy would have to work aren't particularly that nice either. Even if people are alive while while it's happening, um, and yeah, the, 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 there's obviously there's, there's privacy. Uh, there's um, there's there's the elements of theft uh, and and force and these these to me these are the three biggies. So should we go through should we go through those? You know, you, you talked about privacy before, but should we go into that in a bit more detail? Well, yeah. So I'm I'm a I'm a big privacy advocate. I use privacy conscious search engines. I've surfed the web with a VPN on my laptop and on my phone. My our emails are encrypted yep. on a server um, in Switzerland outside the Fourteen Eyes. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm generally privacy conscious. I don't like the, the government and or anybody knowing what I'm what I'm doing. Um, just out of principle. Um, under socialism, you will have to disclose everything if you want anything, because it's not your decision. Um, yeah. It, when the state provides everything, or even if it's just everything in a certain area, um, if you want something, then you have to justify it, and then and then they give it to you. Um, or you have to vote for it. This is democratic socialism. So you have to vote for it. Let's all vote on what biscuits we eat today. But then, you know, then who, who, that still who, means you get no choice because the majority still, biscuit will win. Exactly. You still only end up with your, you know, your, your custard creams or whatever <laughs> yeah. the most popular biscuit is. Um, but in, yeah, under a capitalist society, a free society, if I want something, either for myself or my friends or my family, I can work hard and I can go and get it. Under socialism, and you choose it. Yes, under socialism. No, 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 no. If you want something, you have to justify it and you have to let us know why and then we will tell you. Some, somebody else will make the decision or, or a group of people. It might be a group of administrators. It might be complete... Let, let's say that they actually get this entirely democratic society going, in which case it will be everybody else deciding whether you deserve that or not. Yeah. Um, so that, that the pr privacy goes out the window because it it's all about um, you know, providing, people, providing people with their needs my needs are none of your business. I will sort out my needs. Yeah. And there are, obviously going to, there are going to be some people who cannot, for whatever reason, sort out their own needs, whether they're... We're talking a very tiny majority, <laughs> tiny minority. Yeah, so they're, they're going to be disabled people, elderly, people who are just, just down on their luck, for, have lost yeah. their job in their house or whatever, for whatever reason. Of course we should look after those. But there's no reason for everyone to have their privacy um, just thrown out the window. I, you know, I, I should be able to work hard and you know and to earn money and to buy something that I like just because I like it that's a classic lowest common denominator argument of the state isn't it is just because there's someone needy who can't provide for themselves that we must provide that thing for everyone well this is this is one of my biggest arguments against the NHS so I mean I, I don't think that the state is good at, at anything and I wouldn't have anything as important as healthcare decided by the, by the government, for example. Um, I, can, I could understand some people thinking, well, look, there are, there are, there are this small group of people that 
cannot afford their own healthcare for whatever reason, whether it's because they don't earn enough money or they have conditions that are just so expensive that they cannot possibly earn enough money to, to treat them. Yes. Disproportionate. Um, we need to look after them, and of course we do. But the collection of the money to do that and the organisation that's going to care for them doesn't need to be provided for by the state. Well, no, but I can, I can kind of understand people think people just, you know, because I, I was there probably 20 years ago, uh, or maybe a bit longer, uh, thinking that, okay, well, yeah, we need to, you know, the, the state should provide health care for the people who can't afford it. Everybody else will be fine. Um, but I can, I can understand people thinking, look, that, you know, that the government should provide for the needy. Um, I can see no argument at all for why, just because a few people can't afford X, the government must provide X for everybody. The government must provide everybody's health care because a few can't afford it. I, th there is no justification for that. So you'd be in favour of a state that only provided for the needy? No, I'm saying that's better than what we have now. Ah, good, because I was about to say to you, doesn't that reward need? Oh yeah, again, that's, that's one, of the reason, one of the reasons for, for not having it is because it, it reminds Needs some kind of convincing wound. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, another reason is that they're just bad at it. Yeah. I mean, they would be, they would be, I think they probably would be slightly better at it than they are now because they're having, if, if they're only dealing only with focused on five million number. as opposed yeah. to 65 million, yeah. they're, they're going to be a little, you'd hope they'd be a little bit more efficient. Um, but yeah, they're, they're not, they're not. Going back to your privacy thing. Um, and the fact that nothing would be private in that, in that situation. I think what would happen is that it, it would become clear that certain things had to be private, that you're not going to discuss your medical condition with the rest of the population in order to get a vote on it, and that there is going to have to, they're going to have to build in a privacy element to you talk. I mean, you're still going to give it to the administrators, you're still going to give it to the Some states. Yeah. But the point is, is that you would create an element of something. I, I, I've got a new category of something. Obviously, we don't care about the privacy of you know what um, what ballpoint pen you want to write with today. But certain things we're going to class as, as private, and so suddenly this subsection of everything is created. But just like any time there is an exception, it grows, and so more and more things would get included in this private thing until suddenly there aren't any democratic controls on anything anymore because, well, we've had to remove that from the democratic, democratic sphere because we found an exception now that really that should be private. So the state's going to do that on its own. We're not going to tell you about that stuff. That's just, that's just for the administrators to know. And so this, this veneer to start with of, uh, uh, of, of, of the, the democracy, of making these decisions made, of doing the plans, more and more stuff would... would, would, would ooze out into the stuff that you wouldn't wouldn't allow to be told about. Well, particularly with complicated stuff um, related to, I don't know, say medical issues. So how is everybody going to be able to make a decision on, on what is... But yeah. think about where that goes. That's, oh, well, you couldn't possibly, we couldn't possibly give, you know, the, the nuclear secrets and stuff like that. Yeah, the decisions on war and peace, I mean, surely those things need to be done, need to be done behind closed doors, the, the intelligence gathering and all this other stuff. Um, we, we couldn't have that done democratically. So... It just it's on a it's on a pathway immediately to just more and more state control um, without the so-called protection that this democratic socialist wants. I, I, is there a difference between social democrats and democratic socialists? I don't I don't really understand. Yeah, so democratic socialists want is that what we're describing? Want now? democracy to bring about socialism? Right. Okay. So they they, they want not to a, they don't want to. 
is this the form of socialism that everything's democratic though, or is that the other way around? Uh, no, no, no. So they 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 they, they want uh, democracy to bring about like a, a change in the way that government works, right? And then uh, yeah, so you elect in proper socialists, and then they will move towards this kind of you know this, this, this democratic socialism, and eventually towards communism, right? Okay, so that's they're the people that we're social about. democrats. Social democrats. They're, so they're more they're more than Nordic nations. Oh, so, they're just they're just wet socialists. Yeah, but they they. They're not extremists. They're not communists. They want the mixed economy. They want a large welfare state. They're right. happy to have high taxes. But you see, but this is where... so you, you could argue that England is a social democracy because we we are just a hair's breadth away from these 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 supposed Nordic countries. Right. Well, you see, this is the difference between being well. There are various degrees here: socially free, economically free, but even uh, the difference between redistributive and regulatory frameworks. So the Nordic countries are highly redistributive. They take people's wealth a lot more than even we do in this country here and, and give it out to you know, poorer people. They're far less regulated than we are. You know, we live in a very regulated state and not quite as redistributive. And it's this, and so you know, in, in the US, they, I mean, they, so-called socialists love, and they're generally speaking, these are people who are mixed economy nuts, really. Um, they love going on about the Nordic countries, and they call them socialist. I'm sure they've, they've, someone called Denmark socialist, and like the leader of Denmark had to give a press conference saying, we're not so, how dare you? We're not socialist. Uh, it, it, it was just because they were more redistributive in their taxes than the US. The US isn't very redistributive in their taxes but it's massively regulatory you've got to you've got to um watch out as well when you and i can't remember which nordic state this is but lots of the time when they're calculating the amount of tax take they're, they're they've got this like clever trick where they're almost double counting oh um, really yeah so what they do is when they when they take into account the tax count they also they 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 give people more benefits and then take them away again right so they, you know, you pay. I'll, I'll pay my taxes, and that'll pay for some of the benefits for you. Yeah. Uh, but then they'll they'll take a, a, a portion off of you of the money they're giving you, and then count that towards the tax count again. Oh, for goodness' sake! So you can you can get larger figures by by, by doing that. Um, well, yeah, that's not maths. No. Well, okay. So, so, so it's it's really difficult to compare, you know, uh, tax takes between countries because of these just accounting anomalies. Yeah, that's not even an error. That's just not counting it no, right. It's, it's deliberately miscounting. Yeah, um, you can't count negatives twice. Um, well, while we're talking about taxes, so we've done we've done privacy. Okay, let's talk about theft now, shall we? I'm not allowed. It is against the law for me to steal from you. If I go up to your pocket and take a pound note, then you have a legal claim against me because I took it. Even if. Even if I say to you, I don't think you were going to spend it in your best interests. I don't think you were going to spend it potentially in the best interests, not only of you, but in all the other people. The people, the, the vulnerable and the old and, and the infirm. So I'm not taking all your money, but I'm going to take some of your money because I, I think I'm going to do a better job of it. That's against the law. Yep. Even, even if you're going to give me something back, I think you need this. Um, yes, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take your pound notes. Yeah, and I'm going to give you something worth 
20 pence or whatever back. Well, and uh, that's, a, that's a very important point, isn't it? Is that I'll give you something back that isn't worth less than I, than I have taken. Because there's an administrative cost to me taking the money that I need to pay for. Well, I need to pay for me, first of all. It, it takes a lot of work, me, me taking all this money from you and from other people like you. But I'm not allowed to do that. One person, or actually a, even a small group. What if we got together with 10 other people? The point is, how big does that group have to get before it is allowed that you're allowed to take from other people? Because at the moment, the state is the only organisation, or the only group, that is apparently allowed to take our money from us and then spend it on us and on others. And yes, I'm spending it on you. I'm spending it on you. It's okay. I'm spending it on you. But why is that allowed? Why is that not theft? See, I, I always compare governments to mafias. Yeah. What's what's the difference? So the, the mafia, you know, you can, if, you, if you, you know, you're in, in, in Sicily or Italy, whatever, you know, and, and it's, it's similar with like the Yakuza in, in Japan and they'll take your money and they'll, and they'll, it's create, a protection racket. Exactly, and they'll create this really safe area. And you know, we had that in, in London in the, you know, in the 60s and stuff. You know, if you lived in certain areas, you'd have to pay protection money. These areas would actually be, the, you know, people would leave their doors unlocked, the cars wouldn't get stolen. They would actually be very, very safe areas, but they're still taking the money by force. By force. don't have a choice. Yeah. Um, so what's, what's the difference? I don't have a choice whether to, to pay taxes, to, to build HS2, to, uh, to fight ridiculous wars in the Middle East that are unnecessary yeah, you don't and, believe in and yeah. all sorts. Uh, you know, my money's being taken to kill foreigners. Um, and I can't I can't withdraw that um, in in any way. And it's this fallacy that because you have because you have a vote that somehow that makes it all right. Well there's there's a great quote and I don't know it word for word uh, from Spooner who says you are you're still a slave even if you have the opportunity to, you know, to vote for a new master after a few <laughs> years. That's a great quote. Um, I'll, I'll need to find out the exact quote, but it's, you know, it doesn't make it any less of a slave. Uh, well, okay, no, so you, you bring up slavery then. So I think we can all agree, well, haven't we all agreed that slavery is bad? That if I take 100% of your wages, then you must be a slave to me. So when do I, I know where you're going with this, when do I see to become a slave. Yeah, are you what part slave? We've just, in fact, we've just got past, haven't we? Um, so we're recording this middle of June, I think end of May-ish, and it gets later every year, doesn't it? Tax Freedom Day. Everyone work on, on average, this is the average person, um, you know, you and I probably will continue to, oh, I'm sure we, still we haven't got to our personal no, Tax no, Freedom no. Day yet, um, but there's a, there's a point in the year when the average person if they'd given everything they'd earned to the government, that's the point where they start to keep keep stuff for themselves. So were you a slave up until the end of May? Even if you distribute that over the year, are you a slave for so many days a month? Am I part slave now? If I've taxed at forty percent, am I forty percent a slave? Well, so the vast the, the vast majority of my income is taxed at forty percent plus obviously national insurance and it's like a five percent dividend tax after I pay. You know, after I pay. Well, what about rent. paying VAT on anything you buy? Exactly, all the all the, all the all the good stuff that I buy, like beer and whatever, and, and you know bottles of whiskey is kind of yeah. you know, tax back to the Stone Age. Um, so you know, it's probably about half. Um, but yeah, let's just let's, let's just say on average it's forty percent. Yeah, that's two days a week I'm working for the state. Two days every single week, um, and and you know how. 
when does it when does that become okay yeah when it, how much of a slave is is fine you know is it is it 40 percent is it 50 percent is it you know is it 10 percent um you know i would argue naught but you know all, all these the, the people in favor of a, of a mixed economy uh, what you know how much slavery is acceptable within a society how much because you don't, you don't get a choice whether you can pay tax on. We don't have democracy by the pound where you can say, I'm going to give my money to this because I think the state is good at organising the fire service. You know, most people would, would uh, even though you and I know that the private sector invented the fire service, would probably do a better job. A lot of people would still go to the state for that. Almost everybody would, 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 would you know, spend money on roads because they think that nobody else can, can build that. Most people would probably pay for the army. Um, you can't say, okay, I'm going to withdraw my funds now because I don't believe in, in the wars that we're fighting. I don't, I don't want that money to go to HS2. I don't want that money to go to this. I'm just going to you know, put my money where, you know, where I want it to go. You can't do that. So it's, I, I don't think we can get around the fact that it is at least partial slavery. So how much is acceptable? Yeah. It, it's Tell me how much of a slave I'm, I'm supposed to be happy with. Yeah, that is that's somehow acceptable. But the point is, again, by if, if, if people are accepting of that, then let them. Oh, there's a, there's a phone call, bear with me. At least four hours have passed, I think, since that phone call, which was me having to dive off and deal with a bit of a work emergency. Uh, but I'm back now, and you're back here, and we were talking about... How much slavery is acceptable. That's right. How, how much is fine? 10%, 40%, yeah. How many days a week are you allowed? I suppose my point is that it, in the free society that I want to live in, if you want to do that and you want to give your money in that way, if you want to be enslaved by that amount, if you want to put it that way, then that's up to you, you as long as you don't force everyone else in the population to do it as well. Now, I suppose in that, in that respect, that, that, does, that makes it not slavery. That's the difference between slavery and, and volunteering. But if you, had a, if you had a state and all these state-run services that you could opt out of and, opt, and therefore opt into, then, then that would be fine. I think they would be really poorly run compared to the private sector versions. But the point is you can't opt out. And this comes down to, for every other interaction with every other service I have, even technically when you walk into a retail establishment and you purchase something, there is a contract involved. And there are terms that you can call on that, are the, that bind that transaction. And I know you're going to say, it's the social contract and all that nonsense, <laughs> but let's boil it down to something more simple. How do I get a refund? I can't get a refund for anything that the state provides me, even though they've taken my money and told me they're spending it on my own behalf for me. But if they deliver a bad service, in any other walk of life, if something is bad, you either get to say, I'm not gonna buy that again, and I'm gonna buy it from somebody else, or some other company, or I'd like to make a complaint, I'd like a refund, please. I'd like my money back, that wasn't good enough service. But these terms and conditions don't exist. They don't exist with the state, yet somehow that's seen as good. Well, the, the example that you've given me as well before, which, uh, which is a very good one, is the, the pensions example. Yeah, I love that one. You know, so if you, you, know, you, you pay into your state pension your entire life and you die just before you can claim it, well, sorry. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, that, no. that, that just goes into the pot. In fact, right now, 
the people dying before their pension age are helping to pay for the other people that are, get, are drawing their pension. Whereas with a private pension, you, that money that you've been paying in, they're, they're building this fund that has hopefully increased in value, goes to your next of kin, goes to your family. Which one am I more likely to want to pay into? A scheme that does that, or a scheme that somehow just goes back into, well, I mean, again, this is the, you know, the, 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 the lefty fellow man argument, isn't it? But if given the choice, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to opt for the private pension. Of course, you're going to opt for your, your family, your next of kin, your wife, you know, your kids. And you, what's wrong with that? Well, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But like you said, there's, there's that level of abstraction in between you as a, a customer who, who's paying and the people who are providing the service, you know, they they they, they get their money through no, do not by being a good business or, or doing anything. You're well, talking about the state again. The state again, yeah. yeah. They, they get their money regardless. They don't have to do a good job. If they do a bad job, even if they had to offer refunds, they would still get their money from you via taxation through the state. You yes. can't, like you say, you can't walk away and say, you know what, I'm I'm going to withdraw my funds. I'm going to take my business elsewhere, which you can do for everything else in the private sector. You can't do that for the for the state. A level of abstraction just means that they get the money regardless, and they don't they don't mind if they don't provide a good service because it doesn't affect their doesn't affect their pay. In fact, if anything, what tends to happen is they get bigger, and they, if if they start providing a poor service to customers and customer, or, you know, taxpayers, and taxpayers start complaining, oh, it's it's down to money. We need more money. So yeah, yeah. People get taxed I, more, and I can withdraw. I can withdraw my my vote and my support from a party or from a member of parliament but i i can't do it from the state itself i can't do it from i can't do it on certainly as you say democracy by the pound i can't say i want to withdraw my money just from pensions or just from healthcare or just from roads it's and i I don't even get an all or nothing i i can only choose to support or i can neither choose to support no one yet it's taken from me anyway or i choose to support another party that may have either exactly the same views as all the other statists or be in such a minority as to just not matter regardless of how how small state or anti-state they might be. Well, so let's take the NHS. Let's say you don't want to provide, you don't want to put into the NHS, you don't think it's a good idea. You might want either a completely free market system or let's just say you don't think that the state should provide healthcare for everybody. It should just apply. Yeah. It should just you know, provide healthcare for the people who cannot afford it for whatever reason yeah the vast majority of people are, will be fine just the people who can't afford it that's what you think what do you do no, no i can't even think of a small party that advocates abolishing the nhs and replacing it with a singapore, a singapore style system or even something you know close to the things in, in, in europe well, we, we don't have you can't, a, you can't do it we don't have a manifesto yet from the brexit party no but i, I Bet they won't can the NHS. I will. I will. I will lay money on that. That's one of them. because it's like a religion. They the like, national religion. It's that's like, it's like a religion in, in the who was it? Who was it? Dawson, I think, was the first person I was aware of in the in the eighties. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you say so you, you can't do anything, and, and if you yeah you 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 can't vote for anybody because no no one advocates abolishing the NHS. So what can you do? Okay, well you can run for parliament yourself, in which case you would have to convince the majority of your of, of the, the constituents in your area to vote for you and then you still can't even if you get in you still can't get anything done because yeah. the only way to band it together 649 yes. other MPs yeah. are in favour of, of, of the NHS so there's, there's, there's absolutely nothing you can do about this 
Yeah. It'll just get bigger and bigger and worse and worse until well, I don't know. I don't know. How much ruin is in a health healthcare system? Oh no, there's another phone call. Hang on. Fortunately, that was only about ten minutes that time. That was a lot better. That, I'd much rather have those phone calls when people are saying, "Can I sell it at this price?" And you go, "Absolutely," because <laughs> generally speaking, potential customers aren't asking for a lot off. Um, well, we, yeah, obviously, we don't like to discount, um, but it depends on the situation. It depends what we're selling. It depends on how much margin there is to play with. Um, it depends if we're still making money now, which we are. So hopefully, a nice Friday afternoon deal. Um, where were we again? The NHS, you can't do anything about it, even if you manage to get yourself elected to Parliament, 649 MPs will yep. disagree with you, so there's and no way of withdrawing funds whatsoever. That, that's it, uh, and so we're, we're stuck in the system. Uh, this, this, is, this is feeling a little negative as a way of, uh, of ending this, so are we just going to leave it there, or have you got any other points that you well, want yeah, to... Yeah, so I've got, I've got one other point. I, I wanted to talk about scarcity. Okay. Um, so th- things are scarce. And there's this idea that in, in, in communism, whether it's fully automated luxury communism or, or whatever, yeah. you follow the official Socialist Party of Great Britain on Twitter, they, they talk about under their amazing version of socialism, everything will be provided for everybody. Yeah. Um, and there's this idea, I mean, so Aaron Bastani talks about mining asteroids and all this all this stuff about how to get mining asteroids so it'll, it'll happen at some point in the future oh, not in not within this this century I mean, it depends how much you can get from it doesn't it because how, how expensive is it going to be to actually send a rocket to an asteroid and, and, and get some gold back or it's not exactly easy right there, there is still untapped resources on earth that are going to be incredibly difficult to get to but not as incredibly difficult as flying to a bloody asteroid and then carrying it all the way back because this stuff is heavy and you know voluminous as well so yeah that's just a bit of nonsense so but even even if you assume that there is some some truth in that and that Let's just assume, for the sake of argument, that there are unlimited resources yeah. on Earth. On Earth, it's easy to get to. We don't, yeah. we don't need asteroids. Unlimited resources on Earth. There are still going to be scarcities. This is what people don't. A lot of people don't really think through, because there are only a finite amount of people, and you've only got a certain amount of hours in a day. You can't build everything, so you have to weigh. You're out. talking in relative terms to the size of the current population. You're not talking about the fact that. Again, there's a magic number we'll hit if we get to 8 billion people on the planet. No, because as soon as you get 8 billion, you're going to need more resources for the extra people. Yes, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So every, every, about everybody can't have The amount of resources everything. that an individual needs to have this luxury, whatever. So, how many, you know, even, even if there are complete uh, unlimited resources, things are going to be scarce. You can only build so many Rolls Royces and so many Ferraris and so many castles and so many palaces. So, you know, every every individual isn't going to live in a palace and have well, ten for Well, it takes more resources and more skills and more everything to build the luxury items. Is that is that also what you're getting at? Is that if if everyone does have the absolute top end of everything we can produce, those things are expensive for a reason, <laughs> and they take way more man hours and resources to produce. So how do you, how do you decide who gets what under this under this communism? Because but if this is if this is communism, then surely everyone gets exactly the same. That yeah, you know, he's saying that it's a very 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 high standard, 
But surely everyone gets a palace. Well, uh, Where are they all going to go? Everybody can't can't live in a palace because we, we don't have the, we don't have the the manpower to build these palaces or the room. Yeah. So how do how do you what, so so let, let's let's say for example so I I quite I quite like cars, so I have my wife and I have three cars between us. Yeah. Um, I've got a, a, a little sports car in the garage. I've got my everyday workhorse, and Julie has her car. Yeah. Um, but we've had to make decisions about those. So there are other things that I don't buy because I have to maintain. I, I personally have to maintain two cars. I've got two lots of car tax. I've, you know, I've got insurance for both of the cars, etc. There's obviously the, the cost of that servicing as well. maintenance. Yeah. Servicing, MOTs, just buying tires. Yeah. Everything. Um, so I've had to I've had to make a decision. Do I buy a second car because I like having the roof down at the weekends and, and driving around in the you know in the sun, or do I want something else? So I, I, will, I will make a decision based on the amount of money that I have or, or what I have. Um, under under communism or socialism, where supposedly everything is, is free for everybody, who decides how much of what gets you know gets made? You, you can't make everything for everybody. Nobody, n- not everyone on earth can have a garage with ten Ferraris and live in a palace. So how do you? How how do, how do these decisions? Yeah, that's get greed. Made? Greed is a feature of capitalism. You won't want ten cars. But if you don't want ten cars, then that's fine. You don't have to have ten cars under capitalism. <laughs> but communism people, is pe- all about equality, isn't it? But people people want different things. My point is that I I'm happy to live in perhaps a slightly smaller house, but have a nicer um, car, but have more have, cars, but have more cars. Yeah. Other people would like to live in a, and, and the house is another thing. I, I'm I'm quite happy to. So I live in a, saying that I live in quite a big house, um, but because we live in a cheap area, um, so I have to. If I want to travel to work in London, it takes me an hour and forty five minutes to get there. So yeah. because we're up north, you know, if, if I spent the same amount on my house, we are not up north. But I'd get we are, with, <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyway, we're, we're, the, we're probably in the southern half of the ca- of the country. We're about, you know, we're in the east. <laughs> it's, okay, so it, we're we're far enough north for it to be cheap. Yes. Um, so if I think of what I could buy in London for the same price. Oh, London, in my the house, southeast, absolutely. I could, I'd buy a garage. Yeah. I'd buy a garage in London. Yeah. Or I can have a big house where where, where we live. Yeah. Um, just outside Peterborough. Um, so that's a decision I've made. I'm I'm willing to sacrifice the time it takes to get to work. Um, and because I, I'm, I'm but this is the value nice fallacy, isn't it? This is this is this is the the and fact that if you take the market away, then nothing's worth anything. And they like that concept. But as soon as nothing's worth anything, nothing can ever be built, and there's no way of deciding how much something should cost. And that, yeah, it's a proper prices problem, isn't it? That's the thing. So so in in. Under capitalism, I would be willing, because obviously it's my money, to, to travel to work because I get a nicer house. What would I do under communism? Who knows? I don't, what's available to me? Do, do, I, do I immediately get a nice house in London because I work in London? But again, we, you, I mean, we, we, we've covered this, I suppose. We're, we're now treading on, on the material we covered in a previous podcast, wasn't it? Which was, if there's no death... And the perfect communism. How, you know, how the, the idea that scarcity doesn't exist, even if you have an unlimited resources, is ridiculous because there are only a certain amount of man hours, a certain amount of type people. So there's only so, so there's only so much stuff that can get produced, depending on the amount of people that are in the population. How does that stuff get distributed? Because people have have different value systems. Well, uh, uh, but to me, those are two those are two different arguments. The 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 distribution of the stuff. Based on people's values is is one problem, uh, but the other is just the 
the creation and the manufacture of the right number of those things. Because if someone is doing the distributing, then someone needs to have placed the order for the right number of stuff. <laughs> and therefore, then that stuff needs to be made. And if, if everyone gets the highest quality, if everyone gets a Rolls Royce, then yeah, that, it, it's going to take way more people than we have now building cars. And, and so if you, if you take the highest standard of anything, then right now it is the most intensive in terms of man hours and in terms of resources. And as you say, take resources out of it, it's still intensive in terms of the number of man hours. And that's the thing that there is a, uh, there is a as you, in relative terms to the number of population, there is a finite amount of hours that you can work in a day. Now, the capitalist in me says that, um, that freedom produces value. And if we all start specializing in things, then we will just keep creating value. There's a, there's a danger, obviously, that we start heading in the same direction as this nonsense of um, fully automated luxury communism, because what they'll say is, again, it's this, we've got to the technological standard now where robots are going to be building. You talk about man hours, it's going to be robot hours and, and, and all this stuff. Um, and who, who builds and maintains oh, the robots? It's, it's just it's always nonsense. And again, but even if we got to even if we got to that stage and everything could be fully automated, there'd be no need for communism. Well, but the point is, you can't get there. You can't get there. Well, you can't get there. You can't get there exactly. You can't get there with communism. And once you get there, there's no need for communism. Yes, because everything's automated every, anyway, and stuff will be far, far cheap. If everything was automated, think how cheap everything would be. Well, and think what the choice would be. And to, to me, it's this lack of choice. If you if you don't have a choice in it, then someone's going to get it wrong. It's not going to be right for everyone. Even if it's right for the majority, that leaves probably quite a sizable minority that it's not right for. That's the situation we exist now, even with a mixed economy. So, yeah, and, and if you go back to my example about how people make decisions based on what's valuable to them, you want a nicer car or you want a nicer house, for example. Um, you you get, get to make a personal trade-off. Exactly. Whereas under communism, how do, do I do I get you know? It, can, can, can you I go to your administrator can and I, say, "Can I trade? Can, I'd like yeah. a nicer car, but I'm happy to live in a smaller house." Yeah. Can, can I can I say that? And, and if, if you're doing that, if you're trading, then you're trading, and it's, yeah. it's the same as it's the same as using money. Uh, and this is the point: is that human can beings, you be different under communism? Human no, because it's, it's all about quality. Human beings will find a way to trade something; they always do, and it's that nature. And money, and the the, the problem with the word capitalism is, is it's 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 it, it's at its root is this word that kind of means money. But in reality, it's about value. I mean, I don't know whether it, we should be calling it valueism or something. Because money is important, because money helps you transact with this trade. But it, it's about using money to get what you value and it being a win-win transaction. The person who's made something for you that's going to help you, whether it's, um, whether it's a table, a chair, a car, a house, whatever, has made it at scale almost certainly so they can make it cheaper than you'd be able to make it. And so you, when you pay your amount of money for it, you are paying you are paying, and you are giving them value in return. But you're getting that good back and you're getting something that you couldn't possibly have made for that money. So it's win-win. You 
by purchasing it, you are absolutely always purchasing it at a price lower than you than you value it. Otherwise, you wouldn't purchase Otherwise it. Otherwise, you wouldn't purchase it. So, both sides. It's always it's, it's somehow shown to be a win lose whenever you buy something, and that's why the argument is: well, if the state does it, then it's always win win. But no, it's lose lose in that situation. It's win win if you buy something from someone else and they make money on it. Because you value it. You've both gained value, and it's that creation of value. And then the creation of value as well. That, so lots of people will, will talk about capitalism as being, you know, they, they talk about people having like a big slice of the pie and it being this zero-sum game. Whereas how, how does the value get created in the first place? You know, when humans first existed, you know, however many thousands or hundreds of thousands of years ago, there was nothing around. People had to create the value. You know, you have to you have to build things yourself. We started with nothing, and now look at you know look around you. What, what, what's there? It's the idea that there's just this this pie, and then that's it. Nothing gets created. No other value is is, is added by by somehow me being reasonably well off and living in a in a reasonably nice house is somehow taking that away from somebody else. It's, oh, it's, it's utter just, nonsense. It's ridiculous. There is no one pie. There isn't. You know, this is. Uh, Don Brook talks about this a lot. It, it Everyone. And and the end the, then the thing is he tries to use the pie as a metaphor because that's what he's been given, uh, and he says, well, everyone's got a pie, but they're constantly making it bigger, and and you're not stealing from someone else's pie by you know. Well, the more the, the harder yours. I work, the more I work, the bigger my pie will get. Yeah, um, exactly. I, I might trade parts of my pie for somebody else's pie. But it is about trade, and you are getting value, and this is the problem again. Coming back to measures like GDP and any economic measure. It's always about money, and it's always about the money you've lost by purchasing something. And there's no measure at all of the value you got by buying something from Amazon. Amazon got to make money from you buying something from Amazon, but you, you didn't just lose money, you got something, and no, you, got something that you got something that you wanted, that you needed, and that you were going to use that's going to deliver value that is greater than the amount of money you put in there. And it's not all about the amount of money, it's about the amount of value. And you don't buy something unless it delivers you more value than you pay for. And in, in, in any of these forms of communism, that, that is just completely sidelined, it's ignored, it's assumed that, it, that it's somehow bad uh, when it's at the very heart of every human interaction. I think that's a good, probably a good note to end it on then. So thank you for listening to Sounding Board. I hope we've added some value for you. Um, you can go to soundingboard.com and listen to the rest of these episodes and view our blog posts or go to your favourite podcast app and we'll be there. See you next time.